athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. I think very deeply. In about four seconds, a teacher will begin to speak. I think very deeply. Thank you for joining me on another edition of Box to Row. As always, we've got a whole lot to get to on today's program. The hot topic of the week, Mike Tomlin and his response to rumors about being interested in the job at USC. We're going to talk about that today on the program. A couple of different components to this. There is the component of disrespect in terms of a guy like a Mike Tomlin or not even a guy like Mike Tomlin in of himself being linked to not only the USC job, but to a college coaching job. Okay, there's that element. And then there's also, excuse me, a racial component to this that has been talked about all of this week. And so I'm going to have some thoughts on both on the Mike Tomlin situation today here on Box to Row. Uh, got a couple of guests that are going to join us today on the program. I can tell you now, Mark Stoops, the head football coach at Kentucky, going to join us on the program. The Wildcats ranked number 12 in the country, coming off that loss to Georgia, but also facing Mississippi State, where under Mark Stoops, the Wildcats have not won at Mississippi State in his tenure. So again, gonna I'm 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 really looking forward to the conversation again with Mark Stoops, the head football coach of Kentucky, joining us. Going to join us today here on Box to Row. If you want to join us on the program, hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row B O X T O. R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. Thank you to those listening to us on all of our outstanding affiliates around the country that carry Box to Row. Those listening to us on Sirius XM, channels 142, 141, and 84. And those listening to us around the world at BoxToRow.com. So Mike Tomlin, okay, um, was asked, and, and so he was asked by a reporter about the USC job. Now, Carson Palmer, the former quarterback for the Bengals, also at USC, came on the nationally syndicated, the national program, Dan Patrick's radio show. And uh, Dan Patrick mentioned it to Carson Palmer. Uh, Carson Palmer said, I mean, he didn't, he didn't really commit that Mike Tomlin was uh, a candidate per se, but he said, hey, you know, a guy like that, we would welcome certainly as a candidate. So Mike Tomlin in his weekly press conference was asked about the USC job, and this was his response. Guys, I don't have time for that speculation. I mean, that's a joke to me. Um, I got one of the best jobs and in all of professional sport. Why would I have any interest in coaching college football? Um, That'll be the last time that I address it. And not only today, but moving forward. Never say never, but never. Okay? Anybody else got any questions about any college jobs? There's not a booster with a big enough blank check. Anyone else? All right. Thank you. Anybody asking Sean Payton about that? You know? Anybody asking Andy Reid about stuff like that? So a couple of things here, and I can understand 
Mike Tomlin's reaction. Okay, twofold there. I mean, because remember, he he had almost paused and said, "I'm not gonna. I'm not. Not only am I not gonna talk about it today. I'm not gonna talk about it moving forward." And then he mentioned, you know, Andy Reid and Sean Payton in terms of would they be linked to college coaching jobs? So two different perspectives. I want to address the perspective first of of college coaching. You know, it tickles me. I'm tickled when I hear people compare college football to the National Football League. Tickles me. Makes me laugh, okay? You cannot compare college football to the National Football League. It's the National Football League. It is the the highest you can get. And, And not even with respect to football. I think when you're talking about the National Football League, in terms of a league and compare it to any other sport, it is like the preeminent sport, the premier sport, right? The the Super Bowl, right? It's the premier event. So to compare college football, and I know a lot of people like to compare college football to the National Football League. It tickles me a lot of times in certain locales where you don't have a professional team necessarily to root for. So, the college football scene becomes your scene. And I'm not mad at that. It can be your scene. But when you start to treat it like the National Football League, and you start to make comparisons to the National Football League, it is absolutely ludicrous, okay? Yes, everybody gets their start, mostly, in college football, whether you're you know, a player in college football, right? Uh, a coach in college football, a lot of, National Football League players, you don't generally, I mean, I don't know, maybe, but I, I wouldn't think generally speaking, you would probably start as a college head coach or in some kind of college capacity before you make the jump to the NFL. So I get all of that. I mean, that that's fine, right? But we're talking about, we're talking about kids in college between 18 and, 21, 22, that are playing a game that have a responsibility uh, to, in, 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 a, in a lot of respects, to the university. Uh, you're talking about kids that also have classes, right? So they have those kind of responsibilities. When you're talking about the National Football League, you're talking about grown men. You're talking about men that are pay- playing a game that, feeds their family, literally, right? Um, they don't have those responsibilities in terms of, they have this re, the responsibilities in terms of the community outreach piece, right? They don't have responsibilities to classes. Uh, in a lot of respects, they, you know, they're making more money than the head football coach uh, or the, the football coach is. Um, So to link and then you look at the element of Mike Tomlin and who Mike Tomlin is. Let's look at who Mike Tomlin is. Mike Tomlin. So there's no doubt that Mike Tomlin uh, was a beneficiary of the Rooney rule. Okay, he's only the third coach in Pittsburgh Steelers history to be the coach has won a Super Bowl, has gone to another Super Bowl, has never had a losing season. So when he reacts like that, I can understand that. We're talking about, like, remember when Allen Iverson said, we're talking about practice, man, practice. If you're Mike Tomlin, you're asking me about college football? Think about that. It is no disrespect to the college football. Like, I'm all about HBCU football, you know, and a lot of, you know, you have a lot of times we – talk about FBS, and then you talk about Power Five, and then we'll talk about Group of Five, and then there's FCS, and then there's Division Two, there's Division Three, there's NAIA. Guess what, folks? There may be varying degrees of the levels of college football, but you know what? At the end of the day, it's college football. And I can understand Mike Tomlin's uh, you know, his reaction to that. He's coaching the Pittsburgh Steelers, trying to prepare for a game, right? Sometimes you're going to be asked 
certain questions that are sort of off the wall. Uh, but to be asked about college, he felt disrespected uh, in every way about being asked about college. That's that, okay? That's in that's that part of it um, because it's you're, you're ta- we're talking about college football comparing to the National Football League, and there's absolutely no comparison. Certainly, college football prepares you for the National Football League just like high school football prepares you for college football, just like Pop Warner and so forth prepares you for high school football, okay? There's, there's, there, there are steps to getting to uh, the next level and then to the ultimate level. Now, when he mentions the uh, Sean Payton and Andy Reid in terms of be- them being asked about being, uh, being linked to a college job and certainly the racial element, to this. So, I mean, I can get that as well. Like, you know, I can get how he would. I don't think it was. I don't think that it was meant in that manner. I don't think it was meant in that manner where the reporter asked him that question. I don't think it was meant in the manner of, you know, Dan Patrick or or or, or Carson Palmer either. But he felt the way he felt, because as a black man. Uh, being a head coach in the National Football League, um, it, it, he's faced all kinds of, uh, you know, under the under the cover racism, uh, you know, racial elements, racial tones to things. And certainly he felt like this was, you know, sort of one of those situations. And I can tot- I totally get it. Like, I'm not like I'm not mad at him for that. You can't tell a man how to feel. But really, it just really speaks to how much things haven't changed enough when you have to feel that way, right? Like, even if you have to feel that way, even if it wasn't meant in that manner, right? Even if you have to feel that way. And, you know, those of us that are in various positions, you know, of authority or, or what have you, have have had to go uh, through those type of things, unfortunately, and have had to feel that way, even if it wasn't meant in that Manners. I'm not mad at Mike Tomlin. Uh, he spoke his mind. Uh, I have no problem with it uh, at all. And I'll tell you one thing: when other coaches, whether it's National Football League or college, beat around the bush, you know Mike Tomlin ain't beating around the bush. You're gonna know exactly where he stands on whatever situation it may be. And the final point on this, because we're up against a break this wouldn't be happening there is a lack obviously of black coaches not just in the national football league not just in college football and even more specifically at the fbs level and and when i say coaches i mean coaches overall but specifically head coaches uh, there is a lack of black coaches which makes this situation a little bit more interesting because generally speaking look at all the power five schools and you tell me how many black coaches are at the power five schools in the sec how many black head coaches do you have i i I don't think there are any in the acc how many black head coaches do you have i don't think there are any if i look at the big 10 Coming to the top of my head, Penn State, James Franklin, Mel Tucker uh, is Hello, at my name is uh, Michigan Rose State. Dunlap, and this is my mother, Maybe, maybe there are others. I look at the Pac-12. Dude, at this you know, time, I've got Herm Edwards at Arizona State. I've got David Shaw at Stanford. And look at here, just was able to pull it up. You've got Carl Dorrell Carl at Colorado. And Jimmy Lake. At Washington and in the Big 12, I mean, none come to the top of my head, right? So that's the problem. I think it's more of a problem uh, in the uh, FBS ranks specifically than it is even in the National Football League because you look. We talked about this before. Get that college experience as a head coach could lead ultimately to. Uh, some experience as a head coach at 
the NFL level as we've seen it happen time and time again. Your thoughts, hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Still to come here on BoxToRow on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Hampton head football coach Robert Prunty. Also, we're going to take a look at the BoxToRow National Game of the Week. Up next, we're going to be joined by Kentucky head football coach Mark They hear me roar. Hey everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. Hello, this is Janelle Monet. This is Omari Hardwick. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. The girl rock in the ring of the mic, y'all. This is Simone Biles. You know what it is. It's the one and only Eagle Double G. Hey, y'all. It is the EST of WWE. The strongest, the fastest, the roughest, the toughest, the quickest, the greatest, the best on Box to Row Tune in if you want to catch the best BEST interview ever. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer. The neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. Now, back to From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. I'm spending this holiday locked in. My body got rid of them toxins. Mark Stoops is in his ninth season as the head football coach of the Kentucky Wildcats, who are ranked number 12 in the country. Going to be on the road at Mississippi State on Saturday as Coach Stoops joins us here on Box to Row. Coach Stoops, welcome to the program. Thank you. Great to be on. Absolutely. Your thoughts on where you are, 6-1, and one, right now. Uh, five games obviously still remaining to play. It starts at Mississippi State on Saturday in a number 12 ranking in the country. Your thoughts on where you sit right now? Well, obviously there's uh, some good in there. I'd, rather, I'd certainly love to be 7-0, and but 6-1 uh, <laughs> and one, I guess is the next best thing. So I feel like we've done some uh, good things. Uh, you're never satisfied, but uh, obviously appreciate our team and, and uh, pulling out six victories at this point and and uh, looking forward to another great challenge here this week. Yeah, tough loss uh, last Saturday uh, against Georgia. Just your thoughts on that game, your team's performance, the game overall. Uh, just a very good football team. Um, I give them credit. Uh, they have a lot to do with uh, with anybody that's not playing well. They have a lot to do with that. They're very good. They're very well coached, uh, very physical. Um, you know, I felt like there were things we could do better in the game, and uh, we spent the bye week and this week working on them. So we're just always uh, concentrating on ourselves. But that's a very good football team, and uh, they beat us. Yeah. You, I mean, you've got some outstanding players. I want to talk and zero in specifically on your running back, Chris Rodriguez Jr. You know, speak to how he's played, of course, uh, leading the conference in rushing was a second-team All-SEC guy coming into this season. Yeah, Chris is a very good football player. He's played a lot of a lot of snaps for us. Carried the ball quite a bit. Played in a lot of uh, you know big games and SEC games. So uh, you know he's doing what we expected him to. To be honest with you, he's just a a good, strong running back. Uh, he's a good leader for us and uh, playing some very good football. That the voice of Mark Stoops in his ninth season as the head football coach at Kentucky. He joins us here on Box to Row. Maybe you're tired of answering this question, but I, I haven't heard you, so I'm going to ask the question about Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC. Your thoughts? Uh, well, again, you're, you, you, I said it before, but you welcome them to the league. They're two uh, very pre- prestigious programs that uh, have a winning tradition. Certainly, Oklahoma, and uh, you know what they bring, and and uh, the championships uh, that they won, and and so uh, it's great to to have them in there. You know, I'm familiar with Oklahoma, with uh, of course Bob and Mike coaching there, and being close to that program for over 20 years. I watch them watch them uh, extremely close, and still root for them 
uh, to this day with my nephew playing on the team. And so uh, we welcome them. It's going to be a great challenge. You're already making an extremely difficult league even harder. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, we're we're used to the challenge here in the SEC. No question. And you're you're used to challenges, right? Like your first year, 2010 at Kentucky, two and ten. When you think back to where the program started when you took over, two and ten, then back to back five and seven seasons. Then it kind of took off from there. Of course, you were 2018 SEC Coach of the Year. To your now. Number 12 ranking, yes, still a lot of football left to play, I get it. But what most comes to your mind as you have continued and to continue to build this program? Well, just just what you said there, the last word, just build, build, you know, build the program. That's really all I'm concentrating on. I'm constantly trying to 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 build and, and looking at ways to, you know, strengthen our culture, uh, to, you know, recruit you know, obviously, you know, we talk about selecting the right players for Kentucky that could fit in at Kentucky that help us build, uh, you know, continue to win and uh, build the culture the way we want to, you know. And uh, so, you know, that's all I think about. You know, I, you know, I wake up every day looking to, you know, continue to cultivate and build the winning culture and select, you know, recruit, 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 constantly recruit. And then, uh and then the last piece is what are, what are we doing with our players daily? How am I making them better? How are we developing those guys? And uh, that's really where my concentration is. I really don't look at any big picture things, to be honest with you, until off season or things of that nature. You're constantly just in the moment of what you have to do uh, to make your program better. Mark Stoops in, in his ninth season as the head football coach at Kentucky joins us here on the program. Of course, he had stops along the way, South Florida, Wyoming, Houston, Miami, Arizona, Florida State, and of course, you played at Iowa. Growing up, I mean, growing up in Youngstown, Ohio. So Youngstown, as many people may know or may not know, Youngstown State uh, has an excellent football program on the FCS level. I, how, how much interaction did you have with Youngstown State in terms of, from a fan perspective, watching the games, et cetera? And how much did that perhaps impact you in terms of really getting into football and more specifically in coaching? Um, it had some impact. I wouldn't say a great deal. Um, you know, growing up in Youngstown, of course, had a lot to do with it. I went to a uh, very prestigious high school, and my father was the defense coordinator there. Uh, the head coach was a legendary coach by the name of Don Butchie. And so I grew up, um, you know, with uh, around football and going to high school practices and hanging out, you know, from a young age because my father was a coach and, uh, and so my high school was a pretty big deal at, at that point in time. And then, you know, Youngstown State became much bigger once once Coach uh, Tressel took over and started winning championships. And I was older uh, at that point, um, but uh, but certainly followed Youngstown maybe ever since, you know, with uh, Coach Tressel and guys that have coached there, like Coach Wolford, Coach Pelini, you know, guys that I know very well. So we're always rooting for the Youngstown guys. Um, but I'd say in my early age, you know, during grade school and, and middle school, I'd say, very, you know, very little. Of course, you've coached many uh, over your years in coaching, many guys that have gone on to play in the National Football League. I want to I talk about one guy specifically, Sean Taylor, recently inducted into the Washington football team uh, Hall of Fame. Um, you coached him at Miami. Uh, what do you remember most about, uh, about Sean Taylor? Um, I was – you know, very blessed. I coached Sean his entire uh, college career. It was a it was a short three years, you know, because he was one of those guys that was special. He was able to. Uh, you don't see it very often, but he was a five semester guy. He was, you know, played there and left after his true junior year and was a was a high pick. But what I remember is it puts a smile on my face when I think about him because. Uh, you know, much like a lot of the players I had at that point in time at Miami, uh, unbelievable competitor, but but liked to be coached. You know, I think it's a challenge in this day and age, you know, at times with some people, you know, to be um, that caliber of an athlete, uh, but still be humble enough to take coaching, take the medicine. And that's really what I remember um, about the whole culture there at the time. But and, and in particular, Sean, because he was a uh, he was a joy to coach, you know. And there were times he was so darn big, he used to wear this mask that covered his eyes. He looked like Darth Vader, 
and it was and it was so much taller than me. So I'd be chewing him out or getting on him, and then I'd have to go up to him and 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 tilt his face mask up a little bit so I could see his eyes. And and underneath there, he'd be smiling, basically just kind of like laughing and having fun with, you know, basically like settle down there, little man. I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it figured out, you know, and I'll get it corrected. But he was just like that, and that's what I remember, and that's what I loved about him. He just unbelievable competitor when he was on the field, extremely violent, uh, but also just like you know, he enjoyed being coached. He, he was a, he he wanted to be great. Um, and, and I remember that off season after his rookie year in Washington and I, and he came back in, during the off season and, and he said, coach, it's on like, like I'm going to be the greatest because I'm ready now. And he, uh, you know, he was still very young, but I could tell there was a switch going off in his head and he wanted to dominate. He wanted to be the best ever, probably wanted to compete with his, his buddy and, uh, and teammate Ed Reed to be the best of all time. And um, it's a shame he didn't get that opportunity to prove it for years to come because uh, it would have been a joy to watch him. No question about it. Thank you for sharing that, Coach Stoops. Last two thoughts, Mark Stoops, head coach uh, at Kentucky, and we appreciate the time. Coaching family, I mean, Bob, Mike, Ron. I mean, that's going to be great. You know, speak to that coming from a coaching family. All you, all you brothers are coaches uh, and I'm sure you're able to bounce a lot of ideas off of each other. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, you know, very fortunate starting with my father, as I mentioned, being a high school uh, teacher and coach and just growing up around uh, you know, Cardinal Mooney High School was, was great for us. Um, and then Bob going on, um, you know, having the great success at Oklahoma. And, you know, it, it, it was good for me to learn from him and to watch him, the way he built his program. And then, I also had to, you know, I was very fortunate to go with my brother Mike. At the time, I was, um, a matter of fact, it was when I left Miami. I was the defensive back coach at the University of Miami. And um, Mike became the, the head coach at Arizona. And a very similar situation uh, that we had here at Kentucky. You know, very, very strong uh, basketball culture. And um, hadn't had much success on the football field. And watched Mike uh, work extremely hard to build that program. And, and we did, you know, when I left my last game there at Arizona, um, you know, we were, we were doing extremely well. And, uh, and I want to say that was the year we were one or two plays away. We, we, we played at Oregon. I want to say the double overtime, we win that game. We're in the Rose bowl. So I really watched Mike uh, develop that program and that really helped me and prepare me, prepared me for, for this opportunity here at Kentucky. Sure. Last thought, Mississippi state, tough place to play. You haven't had much success there. What is it going to take to get a victory at Mississippi State? Well, we're going to have to play very good football. You know, anytime you go on the road in the SEC, um, it's a challenge. I don't care who you're playing. And uh, certainly Mississippi State and Mike Leach, I have great respect for Mike. I've known him since he was with Bob, I want to say, year one at Oklahoma. And, um, you know, so I've known him, you know, since then and uh, have great respect for him. And he's been successful everywhere he's been. You could see their offense uh, coming together this year and uh, playing at a much higher level defensively, extremely, extremely good football team defensively and special teams. So good in all areas. Uh, but as always, we have to worry about ourselves. We have to play clean. We have to play a good football game. Uh, I like our preparation, and we're excited about this opportunity. Number 12, Kentucky will be at Mississippi State in his ninth season as the head football coach at Kentucky. Mark Stoops joins us here on Box to Row. Coach Stoops, appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Wildcats. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Great being on with you. Take care. You too, Coach Stoops. Mark Stoops, the head football coach at Kentucky, joining us on the program. I'll tell you what, he really, really had a lot of great things to say about Sean Taylor. And you know what? I mean, the Washington football team, uh, the defense and the team as a whole uh, never has been the same since the death, the murder of Sean Taylor and probably never will uh, be the same, but just spoke glowingly of him during his time at Miami. If you want to react to anything that Mark Stoops had to say, hit us up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Still to come here 
on the program. Hampton head football coach Robert Prunty going to join us. Big time win for the Pirates over North Carolina A&T on last Saturday. Was at the football game and uh, the Pirates uh, the Pirates came to play, had a game plan. And uh, so Robert Prunty going to join us a little bit later on. Up next here on Box to Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Going to take a look at the Week 9 schedule in HBCU football and give you my thoughts on the HBCU National Game of the Week. Delaware on ESPNU Radio, right here on Sirius XM. What up, what up? Yo, 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 yo. Okay, KK. We're back here on Box to Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. If you want to join on the conversation, Mark Stoops, the head football coach at Kentucky, joined us in the last segment. Hit us up via Twitter at Box to Row, B O X T O R O. W, before we go any further, congratulations goes out to Jet Duffy. Jet Duffy of Hampton. He is the Box to Row National Player of the Week. And I'm telling you what, like, he was, I mean, I'm not going to call him the sole reason for the victory uh, by the Pirates over North Carolina A&T, but uh, he was absolutely tremendous in that football game, completed 17 of 28 passes, 285 yards. He had two touchdowns, did not turn the ball over. Uh, and also he rushed uh, for another 47 yards on eight carries. And really it was what he was able to do with his legs, more specifically on third downs. He was tremendous. That was a big-time win for the Hampton Pirates. So I wouldn't say that there's necessarily a game of the week. I wouldn't say that there's a box to row national game of the week, that there's one football game because, you know, as I look at this schedule for week nine, like it's not, you know, it's not a, it's not a necessarily a great schedule, but I would point out a couple of football games. And what I mean by that, I mean, there's some, there's no, there's not a game that directly has conference or division implications. Not directly. In other words, the conference leaders, when you look at the SIAC, when you look at the SWAC and you look at the CIAA, uh, all of those conference leaders, obviously they want to win their football game, but it's not like they're playing. It's not like last week when you had Albany State and Savannah State that plays. Like we don't have anything or when you had uh, even a Southern uh, and a Prairie View A&M play last week. So it's not like we have any of those uh, kinds of football games. I'd, I'd I'd have to look. Uh, and I don't even I don't know if Louisiana College is even in the Sooner Athletic Conference uh, who, who, who Langston is going to be on the road against Louisiana College. That may be a critical game. I'm not 100 uh, percent sure. But I would say in looking at a couple of games, I mean, I don't know. The A&T Monmouth game may be critical uh, simply because, I mean, when you have Kennesaw State, when you look at the Big South that is undefeated right now. Uh, but Monmouth is also undefeated. I mean, I wouldn't call it a critical game, though, right? Like it's an opportunity for a uh, uh to get back into the Big South race. Um, and But more so, it's, a, it's an opportunity for Monmouth also to stay pace with Kennesaw State, right? I mean, you could look at the Shaw and Winston-Salem State game. Not really. Shaw wants to win that game to try and keep pace with Fayetteville State the problem with Shaw is is in essence two games down to Fayetteville State because of the loss head up to the Broncos I mean you could argue I don't I mean you know you could argue that game but I mean that that I mean it's not you know I mean and again I'm just looking at the schedule I mean you know Delaware State and Howard I mean oh you know, maybe to keep pace in the MEAC both teams have um, a loss in the MEAC um, you know, now Morehouse and Albany State. Now, that's a game to look out for. If I look at Albany State right now, undefeated in the East, but Morehouse has made a little bit of a run. Like, we, we, we got to give Morehouse its respect, and Morehouse right now only has one loss. So, you, you're talking about, and that game is in Atlanta. So, you're talking about, you know, maybe if Morehouse wins that game over Albany State, now we've got a serious race in the SIAC's Eastern Division. But I don't – I. Listen, 
Albany State is just playing lights out right now. I mean, shut Savannah State out last week and scored 30 points on Savannah State. He's got a pretty good defense um, as well. I mean, I, I think if there's any game you can really look at, it would be South Carolina State and North Carolina Central. Um, and this is an interesting matchup. It's, it's in Durham at North Carolina Central. We look at Davius Richard as the quarterback for North Carolina Central. I mean, he's solid, really, really solid. I look at the Eagles. The, the running game isn't as stout as we thought it may have been. And, you know, the Eagles were on that three-game losing streak as well, including a loss to Mississippi Valley State. I mean, I would have to definitely favor South Carolina State in this football game. I look at the running game. I look at the quarterback. But I look at that defense for South Carolina State. It's really, really um, a really, really good defense. Yes, the Bulldogs are going to be on the road. I mean, if you're the Bulldogs, you, you, you know, you're not taking North Carolina Central lightly at all because the Eagles are, for real, I think the defense is playing uh, a little bit uh, better as of late. But when I look at Corey Fields at the quarterback for South Carolina State, I look at the weapons that he has, you know, on the defensive, uh, excuse me, on, uh, in terms of wide receivers. I mean, he's got some guys, you know, that he can really throw the football to. And then I look at South Carolina State on the defensive side of uh, the football. The Bulldogs always are going to be tough. And this year certainly is no different, uh, even if you look at things right now. Uh, for the Bulldogs playing well from a defensive standpoint. Yeah, maybe, you know, the, the Eagles aren't great at running the football per se. Uh, Corey Fields, you know, he, he, now he's good and he's solid. But, man, he can come, you know, this could be one of those tricky kind of games because North Carolina Central's got a solid defense. It's, a, in a, it's an opportunistic defense likes to turn you over uh, gaining fumbles getting interceptions so Fields has got to be careful uh, in this football game but again he's got some weapons to really work with and I like that South Carolina State defense so I definitely would go with South Carolina State in the football game um, just looking kind of through the schedule um, the Magic City Classic Alabama A&M and Alabama State doesn't mean very much at all Alabama State's got a couple of losses in the SWAC. Meanwhile, Alabama A&M has three losses. I mean, if you, you know, Mississippi Valley State and Jackson State, like I don't expect Valley to win that football game, but like I'm not sleeping on Valley either. Game is at Mississippi Valley State. It's a tough place to play. Um, it's a rivalry game and Valley has played better as of late, but Jackson State clearly is the best football team in all of HBCU football and one of the best uh, in the FCS. Uh, so I don't expect Jackson State to fall and, and to slip up in that football game. And Shadour Sanders is playing absolutely phenomenal. True freshman's got one interception on the season, completing well in excess of 70% of his passes as a true freshman. And I'm not talking about dinks and dunks. I'm talking about a mixture, including getting that football down the field. Uh, you know, now Tennessee State, Murray State, that's a game to look out for. Tennessee State's hot right now. Three wins in a row for the Tigers. Three wins in a row uh, for the Tigers. So it's a hot football team, um, and uh, they want to continue that. Still um, in contention. I mean, in a lot of respects, still in contention for that OVC crown. Yes, lost to Southeast uh, Missouri State a little bit earlier in the season. But anything can happen. I mean, Southeast Missouri State has one loss in the conference uh, right now where Tennessee Martin is undefeated, and Tennessee State still has the bulk of its schedule remaining. So, you know, I mean, if you're Tennessee State, you want to kind of keep things rolling um, a little bit, and not a little bit, a lot. Like, you, I mean, like you got to look at this if you're Tennessee State as a must-win. And by the way, Murray State, not a very good football team, uh, in at least in, you know is winless in conference play. So I mean, it, it, you know, if you're Tennessee State, like that's a game that you gotta get. You know, Southern and Alcorn State could Alcorn State slip up against Southern? It's possible, not likely though. I for me, if I know PV is hot, for me, I like oh I like Jackson State, and then I would like 
uh, Alcorn followed by Prairie View A&M if I was doing a ranking. Your thought, hit me up via Twitter at box to row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, Hampton head football coach, Robert Prunty is up next. Hello, my name is Precious Rose Dunlap, and this is my mother, Michelle Timlake-Roll, founder of Marjorie's Sweet Jerky Incorporated. We would at this time like to thank our new customers as well as our repeating customers for your business. For every one million orders that we receive, our company is giving $2 million away to the bottom of 400 of our paid customers. You see, that's the way we roll! So come place an order at www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. That's www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. Marjorie's Beef Jerky is the best tasting beef jerky on this planet. Marjorie's Beef Jerky. Yeah, that's right. Because that's the way we roll. It's Donald Ware, from the press box to press row. Robert Prunty is in his fourth season as the head football coach at Hampton, and the Pirates last Saturday got a big win over North Carolina A&T in pretty much dominating fashion. 32-9 was the victory for the Pirates. Next up for Hampton is Robert Morris on the road as Robert Prunty, the head football coach at Hampton, joins us here on Botch to Row. Coach Prunty, welcome back to the program. Thank you. want to start here. Obviously, your thoughts on the 30-9 victory over North Carolina A&T. I thought the, the first thing that stands out to me, I thought the coordinators uh, did a good job. I thought Zach Patterson, our offensive coordinator, had a great game plan, and, and a Todd McCombs, our defensive coordinator, had a, a great great game plan and uh and our our players played hard in this in this system so I mean simple thoughts um, I mean all the credit goes to the the assistant coaches and the players they they played the hearts out and they coached the hearts out. You know I I've, I've read and I I don't know if this particular quote was attributed to you I only saw the headline of the quote but it was either in the 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 pilot. Uh, or the Hampton Daily News, it said signature win. Was that quote attributed to you? And if this was a signature win, why so? Well, you know, it, it was me. I, I think it is a signature win for Hampton because if you look at uh, A&T in the last close to a decade, I mean, 10 years, that program has been winning. And uh, Coach Broadway and, and, and then Sam took over. I mean, the program has three uh, HBCUs, national championships, uh, I mean, everybody knows A&T is one of the, not only top but HBCU, but one of the top FCS programs. They came into the season ranked, and you know, in Hampton, we've been uh, you know working hard down here. And we hadn't been in school, uh, you know, we was virtual for a year and a half, and you know, for our players to to get it going and uh, and play hard the way they did, and and um, I, I really believe that that was a signature win for our players and for this program. Game was close. I mean, it was a relatively close game. You got out to the 7 nothing lead. A&T got a safety, then scored a touchdown uh, to, to go up. But a couple of things. Let, let, me, let me talk about Axel Perez, your kicker. He's uh, been named the Big South uh, Special Teams Player of the Week. Those two field goals, really, that he was able to get, uh, your, your drives were stalled ultimately at th- that point were really big. He got back-to-back field goals, one to, to uh, give you the lead for a good 10-9, to nine, and then one to extend the lead to 13-9. to nine. Yeah, hey, Donald, let me tell you, Axel came up to me and he said, Coach, if it gets within, he said, I can go to 55. But anything between 55 up, I'm good. And I said, Axel, if we get under 50, then I'm going to give you a shot. And, I mean, he was ready. He had a lot of confidence and. And I actually called a timeout on both of those field goals, you know, and he was so relaxed when I looked at him. I said, hey, let's go do it. And he did it. I mean, he stepped up. But he's been consistent all year if you go look at him. I mean, we just – he just haven't been uh, nominated for some of the Player of the Year awards – I mean, Player of the Week awards. But he's been kicking good all year. And and we were very fortunate, Donald. We found him on YouTube at a junior college. And then uh, I reached out to the junior college in California – and then that says a lot for Axel and um, 
that he wanted to come away from California to Hampton University. And it says a lot about Hampton University academically because, you know, he wants to be a kinesiology major, and he's doing a great job in that major. Robert Prunty in his fourth season as the head football coach at Hampton joins us here on Box to Row. Jet Duffy was named our national player of the week. He was 17 of 28, 285 yards and two touchdowns. He also had 47 ground uh, yards on the ground, which was really uh, significant extending plays, a lot of third down conversions with his leg, his legs. Speak to his play in this football game. I thought he played well. I really did. I thought he was calm. You know, uh, he, he was reading. He took what the defense gave him, and I thought him and, uh, you know, all during the week, uh, him and the uh, offensive coordinator, Zach Patterson, they had been meeting, and I, and I felt like, you know, the time when I went in there in the room and listened to them talk, you know, the guys had a – they both had a great game plan. They knew what they wanted to do. And, but what really stood out to me was the fourth quarter. I mean, we had a drive that lasts close to eight minutes and how Jeff – Jet, excuse me, how Jet extended the drive – you know, extended the drive on those third down plays, and, and we pretty much ran the clock out. It was just a great, great execution uh, by Jed, and, and then just just his leadership out there on, on the field. I mean, it really stood up. It really stood outside. Speak to the preparation for this football game. Really, uh, on all sides, you covered kickoffs well, covered punts well. Um, you, obviously, you were able to get the job done defensively as well but I think more impressive because at the end of the day you do not run against North Carolina anti it does not happen yet you ran your team ran for 156 yards against the Aggies well I tell you you know Donna going in A&T when you see them on film man wow I mean the presence uh when they were warming up I mean you can they look like you know and I mean that's one of the most impressive FCS teams I've seen. If you look at the size of them and the speed and the, and the athletic ability and stuff, I mean, it was just one of those days, man, where things went right for us. And, and we did a – and our coaching staff just did a great job on offense, once again on defense, and the special teams played well. But I'll tell you, man, that is an impressive-looking football team, uh, you know, going up against those guys. And uh, I just – our guys just, just came out fighting, man. They hung in there. But, you know – Sam Washington does got a great program, a very disciplined program, a sound football, and we just happened to, you know, it just it went Hampton's way that day. Robert Prunty, the head football coach at Hampton, joins us here on the program. Jet Duffy is a transfer from Texas Tech. He's a kid uh, that is from Mansfield, Texas, as a matter of fact, when he was a player there, he was a Texas player of the year when he was in high school. You know, you, you've been around, you've been at some, some programs, including Texas Tech. How did you ultimately get Jet Duffy to come to Hampton? Well, I knew Jet back when he was young. He was in camp. I was at Texas Tech for four years, and he would come down to camps, and I would see him, and, I, and his dad is a coach, and, and I just kept that relationship with him. And, and we've been fortunate. You know, last year we had – two years ago we had Francois, and now, we, and now this year we got Jet. And, you know, I always uh, – at the end of the season, I reevaluate our quarterback position. And I'm always looking to bring in a, a high-caliber guy that's, that's been around. And, 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 and then the Jet fit what we needed. Uh, you know, talking with the offensive coordinator, Zach Patterson, and Zach coming from Sam Houston State. And, and then he had uh, <clears throat> coaching division two. He led the nation with his offense. And, and I, I just thought that those guys fit well together. And, and being able to get them here together, I thought it was a good it was a good fit for Jed and it was a good fit for Zach. What kind of running back do you have in Elijah Burris? Like I was, you know, obviously at the game, um, very impressed uh, with him. You could see you had a running game coming in. It's no doubt you use a couple of guys, and a couple of guys can mm-hmm. really get it done. You know, Robinson comes to mind more maybe as a bigger back, uh, but Elijah Burris leads you in rushing. Yeah, I, I tell you, Don. What's amazing that him and Robinson are just freshmen. I mean, they're, they're sophomores in the classroom, but these guys are freshmen on the field. They've only played seven games this year, and that's that's all the experience they got. But uh, Elijah Burroughs was committed to the University of North Carolina for pretty much a year. And uh, at the end, you know, he's, he had some situations where he just decided, I want to go to HBCU. And he and he picked us, and he, he had – I'll never forget he was on his last visit to Charlotte UNC, uh, UNC Charlotte, then uh, Toledo, and he canceled his visit and came down here, and he committed to us, and he stuck with us. And, uh, you know, it, it just says a lot for him and his family, but he's definitely a high-caliber guy. 
just we're very fortunate to have him. I mean, he could he could have went anywhere. I mean, this, this guy got the total package. He's you know he's around two fifteen, two ten. You know, he's going to run that four or five range. He's physical. I mean, he's got he's he's got everything. Leverage, great hands. You know, he he got vision. I mean, he's a he's just a phenomenal running back. And and then we got we got we got some couple other kids though. We got Jaquan Snipes too, the kid from Random in North Carolina. You know, who was was one of the top players of that. We got we we got six running backs that can actually play. I think at the BCS level once they get going. And Will Robinson, our leading rusher, he tore his ACL. And then you know, Darren Butts, who didn't play, Darren Butts coming to the coming to the uh, game is one of our leading rushers for the. He didn't even hardly play number twenty two. So. I mean, we really got some some guys that can uh, uh that that can really get out in that backfield. But Don, I tell you, all those guys got at least three years left. Wow. Yeah, I, I want to talk with you about that. Speak to building a program. And you know, I could be wrong, and I I don't want to I don't want to uh, misspeak, but I do want to get um, your thoughts. Okay, so when when you played Norfolk State in that battle um, of the Bay, I mean, I looked at the attendance numbers. And they look really low. I, but it didn't dawn on me that COVID may have had something to do with that in terms of the numbers that you can have uh, in the stadium. I believe that ANT's fan base probably outnumbered yours uh, in that game. But my point is, speak. To, you're building something there. Uh, you got some good players, and you know, hopefully that fan base will, uh, you know, come behind you and and really get behind what you're trying to build there at Hampton. Well, you know, Donald, my biggest thing is you got to control what you can, you know, and, and what we can't control is going out down the field and playing hard and, and putting a good product on the field. If we keep winning, all that stuff will take care of itself. Robert Prunty, last thought. He's the head football coach at Hampton, joins us here on the program. Your thoughts on Robert Morris, your next opponent. You're going to be on the road on Saturday and some of the challenges that RMU presents. Well, you know, very disciplined, sound football, burn our clock. Used to be a coach here at Hampton. Uh, you know, he was assistant coach here, the defensive coordinator. Those guys are going to be ready. You know, this big South. I mean, you can clearly tell that. I mean, man, on any week, anybody can win. As I told a guy that uh, last week, I said, it, "You look at Mammoth, you look at Kennesaw State, you look at A and T, you look at Camel, you look at Charleston Southern. It's like a mini uh, FCS SEC. Each week, man, it, it's, it's a tough game. So we're looking for a tough game out of Robert Morris. They they big, they physical, they've been coached well. We just got to come up there and play Hampton football. And I think and that's being disciplined, being sound and fundamentals, and being good on all phases of the game, not just offense, not just defense, not just special teams, all three of them. Hampton getting its first Big South victory of the season over A&T this past Saturday, 3-4, and going to be on the road against Robert Morris, Robert Prunty in his fourth season as the head football coach of the Pirates, joins us here on Box to Row. Coach Prunty, great to catch up with you again. Continued success to you and the Pirates. Don, I appreciate it. Hey, listen, you're doing a great job, and it's always great to talk to you. Thank you for having me on. I got a roll. Thank you to Robert Prunty and to Mark Stoops for joining us today on the program. You can check out the HBCU football scoreboard on our website, BoxToRow.com. Also, don't forget to check out the HBCU Football Daily Podcast as I preview the Box to Row National Game of the Week. And always remember to support those that support you. Box to Row is presented by DW Communications. This year, Halloween fell on the weekend. Me and Ghetto Boys are trick-or-treating. Robbing little kids for bags. Still a little man got behind our rags.